St. Thomas of Summa, Part 3, Question 7, Article 2. Whether in Christ there were virtues? Objection 1. It would seem that in Christ there were no virtues, for Christ had the plenitude of grace. Now grace is sufficient for every good act, according to 2 Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is sufficient for thee. Therefore, there were no virtues in Christ. Objection 2. Further, according to Aristotle, Virtue is contrasted with a certain heroic or godlike habit, which is attributed to godlike men. But this belongs chiefly to Christ. Therefore, Christ had not virtues, but something higher than virtue. Objection 3. Further, as was said above in the first part of the second part, all the virtues are bound together. But it was not becoming for Christ to have all the virtues, as is clear in the case of liberality and magnificence. For these have to do with riches which Christ spurned, according to Matthew 8.20, the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Temperance and continence also regard wicked desires, from which Christ was free. Therefore, Christ had not the virtues. On the contrary, on Psalm 1.2, but his will is in the law of the Lord, a gloss says, this refers to Christ who is full of all good. But a good quality of the mind is a virtue. Therefore, Christ was full of all virtue. I answer that, as was said above in the first part of the second part, as grace regards the essence of the soul, so does virtue regard its power. Hence, it is necessary that as the powers of the soul flow from its essence, so do the virtues flow from grace. Now, the more perfect a principle is, the more it impresses its effects. Hence, since the grace of Christ was most perfect, there flowed from it, in consequence, the virtues, which perfect the several powers of the soul for all the soul's acts. And thus, Christ had all the virtues. Reply to Objection 1. Grace suffices a man for all whereby he is ordained to beatitude. Nevertheless, it affects some of these by itself as to make him pleasing to God and the like, and some others through the medium of the virtues, which proceed from grace. Reply to objection two. A heroic or godlike habit only differs from virtue, commonly so called, by a more perfect mode, inasmuch as one is disposed to good in a higher way than is common to all. Hence, it is not hereby proved that Christ had not the virtues, but that he had them more perfectly, beyond the common mode. In this sense, Plotinus gave to a certain sublime degree of virtue the name of virtue of the purified soul. Reply to Objection 3. Liberality and magnificence are praiseworthy in regard to riches, inasmuch as anyone does not esteem wealth to the extent of wishing to retain it so as to forego what ought to be done. But he esteems riches least who wholly despises them and casts them aside for love of perfection. And hence, by altogether spurning all riches, Christ showed the highest kind of liberality and magnificence. Although he also performed the act of liberality as far as it became him, by causing to be distributed to the poor what was given to himself. Hence, 
when our Lord said to Judas, That which thou dost do quickly, the disciples understood our Lord to have ordered Judas to give something to the poor. But Christ had no evil desires whatever, as will be shown in question 15, yet he was not thereby prevented from having temperance, which is the more perfect in man as he is without evil desires. Hence, according to Aristotle, the temperate man differs from the continent in this, that the temperate has not the evil desires which the continent suffers. Hence, taking continence in this sense, as Aristotle takes it, Christ, from the very fact that he had all virtue, had not continence, since it is not a virtue, but something less than virtue.